Hello, and welcome to the Short Gun Sportsman, a podcast about handgun hunting brought to you by Handgun Hunters International. My name is Ryan Hoover, and I'm your host. I believe handgun hunting is the most rewarding way to hunt, and it's something I want to share with as many people as I can. If you are at all interested in getting your own game meat, I want to challenge you to a way of hunting that is good for both your spirit and your body, so you can become the confident, self-reliant person you were meant to be. Okay, everybody, today we're going to be talking with the brand marketing manager at Taurus, but before we get to that, I wanted to mention the Six Gunner to all of you. The Six Gunner is HHI's digital magazine, and it is free to everybody. You do not have to be a member of HHI to read it, but you do have to be a member of HHI to write for it. What that means is that this free magazine that comes directly to your email is chock full of articles written by people who have actually done it in the field. Whether it's a newbie or an old hand, you will see stories, pictures, advice, tips, tricks, all that in this magazine. This is basically our way of showing everybody else what handgun hunters are up to and how we do what we do. So please consider subscribing to that. Sign up. Again, it's free. You can just go to subscribepage.com com forward slash the six gunner and sign up for free again subscribe page.com forward slash the six gunner and sign up for that magazine for free okay today like i mentioned we're going to be talking with the brand marketing manager at taurus his name is caleb giddings uh, caleb has been in the industry for a while working primarily as a freelance writer and he's been published in most firearms magazines as well as numerous online publications He's an avid competition shooter and revolver enthusiast. He's a masterclass shooter in IDPA's revolver division, as well as the i Classic division. Also, he was a contestant on the first season of History's Top Shot program. Caleb and I are going to discuss uh, Taurus's future in handgun hunting, how they're viewing us as handgun hunters as a market segment, as well as some of the issues that we all know Taurus has faced over the past few years and what they're doing to address those issues. And so I hope you enjoy my conversation with Caleb Giddings. Caleb, thank you so much for uh, talking with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So you've been around the block as a competitive shooter. You are currently in the Air Force Reserve, so you have some experience with military shooting. I know that you're big into revolvers on your on YouTube. Your handle is Mr. Revolver. Can you tell me kind of where your love lies in shooting? And then uh, from there, tell me about some of your handgun hunting experience. Yeah, absolutely. So I have been uh, passionate about performance-based shooting for a long time now. You know, and it's this idea that you can always be faster and more accurate and you don't need to sacrifice one for the other. And that's something that, you know, Basically, ever since I shot my first IDPA match in 2008, I think, this has been a bug in my brain that I have been chasing down ever since then. And, uh, you know, handgun hunting, I have, I don't have a, a tremendous amount of experience hunting with handguns, mostly because I don't have a tremendous amount of hunting experience. I've done, you know, a lot of pheasant hunting and wing shooting because I used to live in the Midwest. Uh, most of my handgun hunting has been predator eradication, stuff like that. I was, I've been on a few trips where we're going out shooting at prairie dogs and we have this whole, you know, gamut of different guns and you've got handguns and long guns and stuff like that. And as a shooter, 
I've always gravitated towards handguns. You know, I find them more interesting to shoot than rifles. Uh, so whenever we're doing these, you know, media events, if there's a handgun, I'll grab it up. I have some really fond memories about shooting uh, prairie dogs at, you know, 50 plus yards with a, uh, a 357, things like that. And then uh, last year I had the opportunity to do some uh, handgun hunting. I had a day of handgun hunting for hogs where we were driving around on this ranch in Texas looking for, uh, looking for pigs. And that one was a real bummer because I had a really cool gun and that I had actually built as a carry gun. And I wanted to see how well it would perform on some hogs. And we never got quite close enough for me to take the shot. We were at the closest we got. There's a, a batch a herd what do you call a group of hogs a, a mess a, a sounder uh, i don't know a sounder a sounder all right so there was a sounder of hogs but they're about 150 yards off mm -hmm. and that was pushing the you know that's pushing uh the limits of how i wanted to engage mm -hmm. uh especially with the handgun that i had so it's something that i've really started to do in the last couple of years is handgun hunting and i'm very interested in doing more of it especially looking at my you know new role here with uh taurus and our you know the fact that we're really invested into the hunting handgun market yeah actually i think that's great being able to get the word out through someone like you who has a lot of experience in the shooting world but not so much in the handgun hunting world you're going to fit right in once you start uh getting some some animals on the ground with handguns and let me just tell you, it's a, it's a thrill and it's the most rewarding way to get your own meat. So, you know, I, I totally believe that I have done some bow hunting and I've enjoyed the, you know, uh, what I enjoy about hunting at this point in my career is a challenging shot. I enjoy something that presents me with like a complex marksmanship problem. So that's why I'm, you know, into, I'm looking now at handgun hunting. A lot of the hunting I've done before this, uh, before I really worked in the industry was muzzle loader. So you have similar similarities where it's like close range, you know, stuff like that. You really have to make sure the shot is where you need it to be uh, and all that other fun stuff. So yeah, this year I'm looking forward to getting out and doing some, uh, doing some real good hunting. That's great. You mentioned your role at Taurus. I know that because you're on the inside, I'm going to take advantage of that and ask you a few questions about Taurus. You guys have been awesome sponsors of Handgun Hunters International. I can't tell you how much we appreciate that. And awesome. more than that, you guys seem to be the only one of the only, not the only, but one of the only major manufacturers paying attention to us handgun hunters as what I mean by that is you guys seem to be focused on creating products that we want to buy for hunting, uh, handguns specifically, obviously. I want to know why that is and what kind of potential you guys see in the handgun hunting market. Well, a big part of it is, you know, uh, people that we have now within the senior leadership at Taurus, right? So my boss, Cody, uh, and then our boss, you know, my boss's boss, our president, Brett, you know, both of these guys are hunters and shooters, right? Like part of the ethos that we have within Taurus moving forward is we are hiring people who are actually passionate about using these guns, not just people who like to look at them. So that's why, you know, Cody is there, uh, Brett's there, you know, I'm there. And we launched at SHOT Show, we launched a, a sub brand inside of Taurus called Taurus Hunt, which is where you're going to see more hunting related products come out, right? Not just Raging Hunter revolvers, but accessories, you know, things like that. And really the idea is, you know, there's this market of people who like to hunt with handguns. They like the sport. They like that challenge. 
And we want to know, you know, what it is that those guys want. And that was a big part of what created this new 10 inch raging hunter that we launched at shot show with the muzzle brake, with the bottom rail section. So you can easily attach it to a tripod or shooting sticks or something like that. That's yeah. I saw the video. That's pretty cool. I, I, I gotta tell you, handgun hunters are eager to tell you what we want. <laughs> you know, and one of the big differences between handgun hunters and some other uh, segments of the market, because lots of segments will tell you what they want. Handgun hunters actually go out and spend money on it. So I love you guys. Like, yeah. please keep telling us we'll make it. Yes. It's the, and, and good Lord, we've been waiting for someone to listen uh, or be at least be willing to listen. I know some of us ask for some esoteric things, but Man, I can't tell you how much it means to us that you guys are making this effort. And I hope that the rest of the industry catches on. I know we're always going to be kind of a niche, but at least there, like you said, there, we are so passionate about what we do that we actually spend our money on it. So from, Mm -hmm. from that, what kinds of, I assume you guys get feedback. I know following your social media accounts that you guys post sometimes some of the reviews or feedback you've gotten from a lot of your guns, what kind of feedback or stories have you been hearing from the field about people who are using your guns for hunting? We just had a wild one of a couple up in, uh, I'm going to get the details wrong. Uh, we're actually bringing them on to talk to them. But up in Alaska, they used one of our Raging Hunters in 44 Magnum to drop a charging grizzly bear, like stoned it right in its tracks. So that's been, that was on social media. There's a story a couple of months ago of a different couple, I think also in Alaska, who had a moose charge them and dropped that with one of our Raging Hunters. And, you know, these are just the ones that have gone the stories that have gone viral on social media, right? I see stories regularly of people taking, you know, everything from, you know, deer to wild pigs, you know, all the way up to, you know, dangerous North American game with these. Uh, And it's just, it's really gratifying for me to see that, to see people, you know, having these successful hunts and sharing these stories with us. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, the calibers that you're offering a lot of these guns in are pretty proven. So I would say, you know, you guys aren't trying to reinvent the wheel. You're just trying to make it actually roll. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, there are, there's plenty of companies who have the, uh, the, the, the bandwidth to invent their own vanity cartridges, um, which <laughs> I'm totally fine. I, I am totally fine with people doing that. And now me having said that on a podcast, watch next year, we're going to launch like the 600 Taurus Magnum or something. <laughs> and I'm going to eat my words, but you know, in all seriousness, like there's nothing that you can't do with the cartridges that already are existing in the market, whether it be 44 Magnum or 460 Mag or 500 Mag, you know, we, we, we've got, we're good. We're good on cartridges guys. So it's to me, the focus is, should be that it should be on making guns for these existing cartridges and making the guns so that we can maximize the performance of these cartridges, right? Like that's why, part of why we did the 10 inch 460 because 460 ha- runs at a higher pressure than 500 magnum and it shoots flatter right so if we put a longer barrel on that we've created what is essentially a 200 yard handgun you know in this you know assuming that you have the optics and the shooting skill to make that shot we have a handgun that retains lethal energy out at rifle distances sure and that's you know, speaking of that, that is one of the things that we've talked about on this podcast and we always are proselytizing about that, you know, handgun hunting ranges are not necessarily as short as most people think they are. Most of your range is determined by your ability because 
Yes. I always tell the story a hundred years ago, Elmer Keith put, you know, his 45 Colt loads through one inch planks at half a mile away. Now I've never would suggest hunting at that range, but that is just an example of, you know, handguns are capable of more than people give them credit for. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a, a phrase in uh, different, in, in a different school of thought when it comes to shooting where your engagement range is determined by your terrain and your skill. Mm-hmm. So if you're hunting out in the West in, you know, open plains and stuff like that, you're going to have longer shots than you would if you were hunting in, you know, a tree stand in Indiana, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely true. And one more thing I wanted to throw in about the calibers, you know, as far as I, I love the vanity caliber thing, that's pretty funny because I've always been of the mind that, you know, most of the time a new caliber comes out and we're all thinking, you know, we have three or four that kind of already do that. So if you guys do consider new calibers, there are some handgun hunting calibers that some of us would love to see resurrected. So please hit us up because <laughs> we, we could give you that a list. Sounds good. Yeah. So I know we're, we're, the world is still not normal from the COVID business that we went through and we all in the business saw a crazy time as far as supply chain issues and the availability of certain guns to the end user. How is that going for you guys? You know, it's, it's an, it's still an ongoing struggle. Um, we're, uh, you know, it's one of those situations where we may be caught up in one area or still a little bit behind on other areas, but what we're starting to see is that, you know, the supply chains have mostly caught up to themselves. You know, guns are moving in and out. Now it's just a matter of making the guns that the people are buying and getting those out to the people. So for the most part, the market has stabilized in terms of production. Um, what we're seeing is, you know, a lot of dealers still have inventory because in 2020 and 2021, everybody went out and bought guns. And now they're sitting on guns that they bought at overinflated prices mm-hmm. and they don't want to necessarily go buy another gun and they don't want to sell that gun at a $400 loss. Yeah. So there's a lot of inventory out there right now, guys, if you're looking for guns, uh, maybe you've got a friend who wants to make a car payment or something, you might be able to get a good deal. There you go. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, speaking of that, how, how easy it is to sell guns and guns in stock, what would you say is y'all's most popular caliber in your raging hunter line oh 44 magnum no question that's the one that that's you know it's it's the do all you know we've got six rounds of 44 magnum on board in that gun it's the caliber that it's the most popular caliber by far um you know it's just yeah that's the one that's the one that people want the most of that is definitely the gold standard of revolver hunting cartridges so it really is another thing is you guys, have, the Raging Hunters are great. They are cool revolvers, but you sell other guns that would be good for hunting in the field, your Model 44, your trackers, and some of your smaller bore, you know, 22, 17 revolvers that we like to use for small games, squirrel, etc. What are some of the most popular, I mean, 44 Magnum, we'll say is the most popular in secondary uh, non-Raging Hunter. What is the kind of the other cartridges that you see move well? You know, we see obviously 357, 38 mm-hmm. because it's such a do-all, you know, it's such a do-all cartridge right. in that tracker series, right? You can, you know, load it soft with, you know, cupcake, uh, 148 grade 38 loads, or you can, you know, load it crazy with, you know, some of these Buffalo bore 200 grain hard cast lead bullets mm-hmm. that are going 50 million feet per second. <laughs> and they'll shoot through a bear, you know, long ways. Um, 
you know, stuff like that. So we, we have that. And then, you know, a cartridge that a lot of people use, I don't know if it's necessarily hunting per se, but we see a lot of pest eradication with the judge because, mm. you know, you throw a cloud of 410 at something and it's all, you know, and you, you got squirrels, you know, chewing up your trees or, you know, rodents in your barn, things like that. People throw a 410 at it and solve that problem. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I know you guys just introduced the judge in the executive series and we're going to get to that in just a sec, but that's, that's true. The judge is pretty versatile. I'll tell you a funny story. My, my brother, when he graduated high school, I bought him a Colt combat commander for his graduation present. And when he was in law school, unfortunately his apartment got broken into and all of his guns got stolen. So his replacement gun was a Davidson's exclusive judge with a gold hammer trigger and thumb piece that said El Juez on the side of the barrel. Hell yeah. Yes, I want us to bring those guns back, by the way. I think those guns that are like super blinged out are awesome. <laughs> it was, it, you know, it was just, he was like, look, I need something that is ridiculous in the best way to be able to, to defend my house now. But that's kind of. Well, now he definitely got it. Yeah. And that's, so I've been using, you know, my first pistol was a, a Taurus PT 140 millennium, not a huge fan. I ended up selling it, but the revolvers that I've used, I've always loved. And I know you guys have come out with way better and more semi-autos since then. So speaking of the semi-auto, your 1911 line has been pretty popular. And also the 10 millimeter is coming back in popularity. Do you guys have any plans on introducing 10 millimeter in that uh, platform? Not that I can talk about. Uh, um, dun, dun, dun. No, I'm like, that's, yeah, you know, for real, it's one of those where it's like, I, lo- I always love that question because people are like, can you tell us a thing that you would definitely try to keep secret otherwise? Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, of course not. Okay. Um, how about I, re- you know, how about I, I rephrase the question? Have you guys? I, well, n- I, no, I'll, I'll be very honest. With okay, you. I'm personally not aware of any plans to okay. extend the, uh, the 1911 line to 10 millimeter right now. Mm-hmm. That's not to say that 10 millimeter is not a possibility or that you might not see 10 millimeter in other lines. But as of right now, no, I have no knowledge of a 10 mil 1911 that may, that's coming. I was just curious. There's no, I mean, we have plenty of them and I, I would rather you guys concentrate on your hunting revolvers. That's semi-auto guys. Sorry. That's my personal opinion. One more thing about revolvers that I just want to throw out there. The tracker, you guys, I don't know if you still offer it, but you used to make a 41 Magnum and, uh, uh that is sadly discontinued. Yeah. Um, just you know, it's the problem with every 41 mag. Like I actually love 41 Magnum mm-hmm. because I also love 10 mil. Yeah. And it's the problem with 41 Magnums is you make, you know, you make a run and you'll sell 200 of them and then that's it. And because mm-hmm. once you hit that cap of people that want a 41 Magnum gun, you're no one's going to buy it as a curiosity. Right. And that's yeah. kind of the thing. That's why. That's why the 44 Magnum is always going to be the most popular because people always want a 44 Magnum. People will see a rerun of Dirty Harry and they'll go, <laughs> you know what? I should get a 44 Magnum. And they don't care if it's a Model 29 or a Super Blackhawk or a Raging Hunter. All they care is that it's this 44 Magnum yeah. on it. Well, I just anecdotally, 41 Magnum, I know it kind of ebbs and flows as far as popularity is concerned, but it is hugely popular among us handgun hunters. And we have some folks that are really kind of evangelizing for it. So hopefully we'll be hitting a bubble soon that maybe we can convince you guys to make even a limited run or something like that. Uh, Anyway, moving on, I got to talk about a couple of elephants in the room. 
just because, sure. just because I know I've, I've watched your social media and I always respect, uh, like for instance, I watched your recent review on the executive series judge and I really respect how honest you are, even about products you're paid to endorse. The, the honest truth is that Taurus got a bad reputation for both some quality control issues and some customer relations issues in the past, specifically, you know, ridiculous warranty turnaround times, et cetera, et cetera. What I know that you guys have noticed this and worked on it. You meant, you mentioned some changes in the leadership. What have you guys, I assume you guys were aware of this and what have you guys done to improve it? You know, the biggest thing that we did was we moved, you know, uh, we left mm-hmm. the Miami facility and we moved to Bainbridge, Georgia. Mm-hmm. And like to kind of put it in perspective for people, our repair facility in the new Bainbridge factory is bigger than our entire factory floor was in Miami. Wow. Right. So just the area that we have dedicated to fixing busted guns is bigger than what we had in Miami. We added staff. Um, the guy who is the head of the repair department is actually a friend of mine. Um, and, you know, I was talking to him the other day and our average turnaround time on a bust on the amount of time that a gun spends in physically in repair is under 72 hours. So that's the only time that guns, the only time you're going to see guns sitting there longer than that is if we don't have a part to fix them. And that happens sometimes, right? Yeah. That's like, hey, you cracked the forcing code on this. That's a, a part that we don't get a lot of. We got to wait for those to be manufactured and shipped up. Yeah. But, you know, for the most part, you know, our turnaround time on new guns, on like guns that were manufactured at that Bainbridge or imported since we moved, it's less than 72 hours. The guns that we see sitting there, and I, because I was there and I was looking, there's like the guns that sit the longest are old guns, right? right? Like stuff that was made way back in the dark, scary days of Taurus. And, <laughs> you know, in those, and in those situations, I've seen cases where we've said, hey, sir, you know, you're, PT-140 Millennium is broken as hell and we can't fix it. So we just send them a new gun. Mm -hmm. You know, we've done that for people as well. So, you know, the commitment and dedication to customer service that we have seen from our repair department has really been uh, great for me to watch. That's awesome to hear. As as a former gunsmith and warranty gunsmith for an importer, I, I sympathize with the waiting for parts thing, but I can't tell you how good it is to hear that you guys are making an effort on that front. And when I, when I spoke with Cody, I guess a year ago, and he told me that that turnaround, I was floored because that's that's impressive for any industry. Yeah. Uh, so this, Yeah, we are, we're very excited about that. Good. The, the second thing is... I know there's a term in the industry that we all joke about called the lawyer trigger and basically meaning that you guys don't want to have a trigger that is so light that it could be accidentally tripped and have an, an AD an accidental discharge, obviously very dangerous situation. However, uh, again, as a former gunsmith, a lot of the, a lot of the Tauruses that I've felt needed work specifically on the single action triggers. And I know that, you know, being an I-Core and, uh, you know, revolver competitor, you're not as concerned about single action triggers as us hunters are. I spoke with Cody about that and he mentioned that he was having a meeting with everybody to discuss it. Do you guys feel there's any room for improvement on those from the factory? Yeah. I mean, there's always, you know, there's always room for improvement. Here's the thing, right? There's always room for improvement on any factory trigger. Like I can't tell you, and this is, this is uh, across, let me think. So we'll say across three different, you know, major revolver brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've modded every single trigger I bought with 
two exceptions in the last, I don't know, eight, nine years. Mm-hmm. So I didn't change my uh, executive grade judge trigger because that trigger is really good. And I didn't change the trigger in my Ruger LCR because that's a really good trigger. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Every other trigger that I've gotten, I have modified to make it better and uh, to me to make them better in double action. So yeah, of course there's room for improvement. And I think a lot of that can come from, you know, uh, looking at kind of looking at what the aftermarket is doing and then incorporating that into some of our internal processes. Sure. Let me, so I know that the lock work is different inside a Taurus because I've been in them than say a Smith. However, you know, frankly, if you get a, a Taurus with a single action pull of near seven pounds and you have a gunsmith put it to a reasonable three and a half pounds, that voids your warranty. So we're kind of stuck as far as that's concerned with, being able to make those modifications that you're you're suggesting and then also being able to take advantage of your warranty should we need it. Yeah, I know. This is, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm fairly certain that also voids your warranty with Smith & Wesson mm. and Ruger as well. Absolutely. Uh, so, well, let me stop you there, though. You're absolutely right. And that is a, that is, I do not mean to single out Taurus on that. That is a industry-wide, uh, industry-wide thing. You're absolutely right. However, my my Smith and Wesson did not have a seven pound trigger. That's fair, um, you know. And I think you know when you're talking about that, you're looking at people in kind of two different camps, right? So the people that care enough about that trigger pull to take it to a gunsmith that they tr- like a skilled gunsmith who they know that can work on a revolver and get that down to where they like it, or maybe they're you know like me and they're capable of doing it themselves. Those people are in a very different camp than the people are, that are maybe going to send things back for warranty repair. You know, um, your warranty repair people to me, unless it's a, again, unless it's a major issue like a cracked forcing cone or, you know, the gun blows up or something like that. You know, the people that are smart enough or smart enough, that was rude. The people that are technically skilled enough to be doing, you know, these mods or to care enough about these mods to have them done aren't necessarily at that very beginning end of the gun ownership curve. And I'm not saying that there isn't room, there isn't crossover and that we can't, you know, meet both of those people's needs. One of the things that I would like to, that I I routinely agitate for is building out a little bit of an internal custom shop within our Bainbridge facility where if someone says, Hey, you know, I want my raging hunter to have a two and a half pound trigger pull. They send it to us. We charge them, you know, whatever dollars, and then we send it back with a two and a half pound trigger pull. Once a quarter, I bring, just for the record, I bring that up once a quarter where I'm like, hey, we should do this, guys. Add my voice to that. And then they say, who's going to run it? Add my yeah. voice to that. I know, yeah, who's going to run it is always the key. But just to let Taurus know, a lot, I mean, if you guys fixed that trigger, you would sell more guns to experienced handgunners, I think. Just because that's just one of the things that we really like. Okay, moving on to new things. You guys uh, recently, I guess within the last year, year and a half, introduced the executive line. Uh, you, yes. You started that with your 38, um, 856, is that the model? That's the one, yeah, yeah. the six-shot 38 special. And it's um, basically upgraded finish, bobbed hammer, that you know, kind of a, a carry gun. And then you moved on to the Judge, which is what you, was that SHOT Show you guys announced that? Sure was. So tell me about the executive line and what you guys do differently to those guns. Sure. So, you know, you've obviously seen like the finishes are nicer and stuff like that. The idea behind the executive grade is to create a gun that is, you know, um, 
and I'll use some other, I will use one of our competitors example. It's, it's very similar in idea to what the performance center used to be where, you know, a performance center gun was a special gun that got special touches and was touched by, you know, worked on by, you know, high level gunsmiths. And the big difference between the executive grades and the standard line guns is, you know, a standard line production gun part comes out of the machine part is checked for tolerances and then it's added to the product. Right. Mm -hmm. With the executive grade guns, these are all actually hand-fitted and assembled, right? So the part comes out of the machine. It's mated to a specific other part. They are hand-fitted together. And that's why you see, you know, the action in the uh, judge executive grade from the factory. No joke, double action trigger pull is eight to nine pounds, right? Single action trigger pull is, uh, you know, I actually haven't measured my gun, but I want to say the ones I've tested, it's like three and a half pounds, which is where you expect, you know, a gun that says executive grade on the side of it to be. Mm -hmm. Let me, I know, again, not, not divulging anything that you guys are working on. Actually, I have no idea, but I would like to say it would be really cool to see some version of an executive grade raging hunter. I would love to see something like that as well. You know, uh, the executive grade we have, I I can say this, we are obviously going to keep expanding the executive grade. You know, it's not just going to be these two guns and then we're going to stop. And when we look at what we want to expand it to, you know, we look at our, our, you know, internal production capacity balanced against consumer demand, you know, and all of these other sorts of things. So we're trying to find, you know, with the judge, it was a no brainer, right? We made the 856 and everyone was like, cool, give us the judge. Yeah. Like, all right, <laughs> let's do it. So. Yeah. I just, you know, I love the, the fact that you guys have given Handgun Hunters International the opportunity to kind of have a, have a, a way, a, a lane to be able to feed you information on stuff that we would like to see. I know we're probably, we're not the biggest market segment, but we will, if you give it to us, we will be loyal. So I'm going to keep giving you guys our ideas. I'm, I'm totally into that. Look, you know, I'm a big, look, I'm a competition revolver shooter. You want to talk about small market segments. (laughs) So, So, (laughs) but we're, you know, that's the thing at Taurus though, right? Like if I can make a pro, if I make a revolver, that's really good for competition revolver shooters. You know what I've made? I've made a good revolver, mm-hmm. you know, and the people who want, so like if I make, you know, and I'll use the GP100 match champion as an example. Mm-hmm. Ruger made a revolver that was di- designed for IDPA competition shooters. Right. And it was great at that. As a side effect, it was also a really good six shot 357 Magnum, which it turns out a lot of people want. Right. So, you know, I think that if we make, good products for handgun hunters and we make good products for competition shooters. Yes, those are small markets, but lots of other people want a high tier product, even if they may not be enthusiasts for what that specific design ethos is. Okay. Lastly, you guys, the you guys recently added the 500 Smith and Wesson Magnum to your Taurus raging hunter line and have graciously sponsored our February, 2023 giveaway with an eight inch, uh, version of that gun that one HHI member is going to win. I just wanted to say thank you on this podcast for all that you guys have done for HHI. And I just can't tell you how much I appreciate you sitting down to do this with me and the support. And hopefully we just keep this relationship growing. Yeah, man. It's, you know, it's my pleasure. I was look, the best part of my job is when people say, Hey, do you want to come on an interview and talk about guns? Because I love talking about guns. That's yeah. my, I, 
I, I, I really do. Like, I, I got into this because I'm a gun nut, and I'm still a gun nut. So anytime somebody says, do you want to talk about guns? I'm like, yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Then we're happy to support you guys. Um, you know, wh- whoever wins that gun, tell them I'm sorry on behalf of their wrists because that thing <laughs> kicks. But it is fun to shoot. Well, fortunately, again, in our cohort, we have so many guys who have such good advice from people who have actually done it on recoil mitigation techniques, hand loading techniques, you know, what, what ammunition to buy that would uh, save your wrist, as you say. And then, you know, one of the things that I've learned by doing this is there are people who were just born to, to shoot heavy recoiling handguns. And they love that it. That is a fact. They, they go for it. God bless them for it, because that is not me. <laughs> I understand. I, I definitely understand. But it's still it's still a, a cool deal, and, and I, I thank you guys for it. Caleb, can you tell us uh, where we can find more about you and about what Taurus is up to? Yeah, absolutely. For Taurus, obviously, you know, follow us online at TaurusUSA.com. That's our main website. Um, if you have questions or comments, like or things for the for us on the media side, you can email me at pr at taurususa.com. And then if you want to follow the, you know, uh, degenerate ramblings of a revolver enthusiast, you can follow me on Instagram at Radicaleb. It's just R-A-D-I-C-A-L-E-B. Awesome. Caleb, thanks again for doing this with me. I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Thank you so much. You have a great day. This episode is brought to you by Handgun Hunters International. Handgun Hunters International is the premier organization for handgun hunters. We have a cool website where we have a great, well-moderated forum that is friendly to all ages and experience levels. The Six Gunner, which is our bi-monthly digital magazine, is written exclusively by HHI members and is free to the public. We host giveaways of guns, gear, and ammo each month, and every prize is worth several times what membership costs. We also trade info with the industry, and we want to have more influence there as we grow. Help us fulfill our mission of supporting and growing the handgun hunting community by joining today at handgunhuntersinternational.com. Again, if you have any questions on how to get started in handgun hunting, please reach out to me at ryan at handgunhuntersinternational.com. We may even have an HHI member in your area that you can connect with for further help. Please leave us a review and don't forget to follow Handgun Hunters International on social media at Handgun Hunters INT. Thank you all and good hunting.